Oh, I love these preliminaries because to me, they're not merely formality, but these are moments of the heart. Moments of the heart. How many of you that served enlisted? Raise your hand. Okay. There may be a story behind that too. But, uh, you know, my, my dad, as a little boy, was run over by a car, eight years of age, and they took him home, and the doctor never, never set the bones. And so when World War II broke out and, um, and uh, Pearl Harbor was bombed, uh, my dad went down not once but twice. He tried to, he's a little guy, tried to get in line, tried to enlist. They wouldn't take him. They wouldn't take him. And so uh, he served his country well in, in his civilian role, but uh, was not able to enlist. Wanted to, wanted to. Some of the rest of the family served, but he, uh, he did not. And God called him into the ministry. But uh, a desire to serve many times is the motivation. A desire to make a difference. And um, I don't know how many of you had actually thought it through, but uh, I'm, I'm curious what goes through the mind of a person who goes down and enlists. Um, what, were there ideals, high ideals of patriotism? How many, how many would say they, that you experienced that when you enlisted? You had ideals of patriotism. You have, you have America. You love America, don't you, George? Amen. All right. And uh, anybody, any fear and trembling when you went down and... That might, have, that might have come in boot camp. I don't know, right? But uh, fear and trembling, right? Fear and trembling. Concern. Concern for yourself. Didn't know. Uncertainty. Whatever. It has been well stated... That bravery is not the absence of fear. It is facing your fear. Did they teach you to do that? To teach you to face your fear? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't believe there's anybody in our congregation, our extended church family, who just has a desire to get out there and, uh, as has been pictured by some that are, are not good Americans, but they've pictured our military as being a bunch of bloodthirsty killers. I don't believe there's anybody here who has served their country who has that desire to see how much blood they can shed, how much cruelty they can inflict on somebody. But instead, I believe it has been a desire to make this world a better place, to fight for freedom, to fight for liberty. And so with those high ideals in mind, let me say I salute you, one and all, each of you who has served your country, those that enlisted, those that were drafted. Uh, when, when I was uh, of draftable age, uh, they, they had a, a thing, uh, the draft pool, where they would number each, year, each day of the year. 366 days would be drawn. 365, 366 in the case of, of leap year. But they would, they would draw out uh, in order and put them by number. I was a student for the ministry, but I, I did not claim my, my student deferment. Student deferment would be two-something or a ministerial, a four something, and uh, I didn't claim that. My, my, my name, my, my number was drawn out of the draft, and out of 365 days, my number was 360. They gave me, they assigned me uh, a, a, draft, a draft designation, unlikely to be drafted except in the case of nuclear war. I mean, it was, it was so far down the line, they didn't think it was going to happen. And so I, I had a draft designation. I was in the draft for the period of time, did not get drafted, but I was preparing for the ministry. I have the highest, deepest, most sincere respect 
for my brothers and sisters who put their life on the line and some who didn't come back. I appreciate them so much. And today we have loved ones, family and friends living, some who are, have passed on that we honor on this very, very special day. Honor our Veterans Sunday here at Central Baptist Church. All right, now we're going to do this. The actual veterans, you are alive and you served honorably uh, in the services of the United States of America. All right, if you are able to stand, stand. If you're not able to stand, just raise your hand. All right, all those who served in the Army, please stand. Yes, Bernie's back here in the chair and appreciate Bernie so much. All right, remain for just a moment if you would, please. God bless you. Um, your heritage goes back a long ways. A long ways. And uh, many times your jobs are not always the glamour jobs, but necessary. Team players, God bless you. We appreciate you. Brave, brave and courageous army. Navy, would you please stand or raise your hand? Okay. Navy, Navy, all right. Navy, yes, Bill. Think about Bill today. Amen. Think about Ron today. Amen. Now, now uh, God bless each and every one of you, those of you representing those that served. Yes. Russ, God bless you. You don't have to keep your hand up, Russ. You put it down, buddy. I don't want you to get an arm problem there. God bless you. Navy. Navy. Um, what was it like being out on the open sea? You loved it. Russ? Never got there. Never got there. You're just like, um, you're just like uh, Stormy Burns back in California. He was, uh, he was a, a, tele a telegraph operator. He was in uh, communications, spent all his time. And Joe Mize, by the way, as Coast Guard, he was always on land. But that's necessary too. Got to have somebody there. God bless you. All right. Navy, God bless you. Very, very, very important part of uh, the American military. Uh, would you remain standing if you are standing? Otherwise, you may remain seated. But let's, uh, let's move on to the Air Force. Air Force, please stand. All right. Now, you're double dipper, aren't you? So, Navy and Air Force. All right. Wow. Did you get up in the air in the Air Force? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you on the ground. Do you know... Those planes couldn't fly if there weren't guys like him. That's exactly right. Amen. All right. Air Force. Air Force. Okay. All right. Okay. Double dipper too. All right. Very good. God bless the Air Force. I mean, up, up and away. Amen. All right. Okay. Into the wild blue yonder. God bless you. Appreciate that. What, what tremendous, tremendous Air Force and firepower that we've got superiority over the other uh, nations of this world in combat. All right, Marines, Marines, Marine Corps, please. Anybody? Marine Corps, Marine Corps. Got a double dipper here, okay. God bless the Marines. All right, we've got some Marine family members as well. Praise the Lord. All right, God bless you. And then Coast Guard, Coast Guard, Joe Mize's family. And Joe, all right, we think of him. And then I don't know if we have anybody from Space Force, but Space Force, all right. Now, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for the faithful service represented by these who served and are still alive. 
And Lord, I ask that you might give them many days to be able to do what we as Christians do, and that is tell others every day of our life how wonderful it is to be saved and how wonderful it is to serve. And Lord, I thank you for their service. I thank you for their high ideals. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help all of us who are still here, still breathing, to tell those that are coming along what, what a great thing it is to be saved, to know God through Jesus Christ and to serve others. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Let's give them a hand. God bless you. God bless you. Now back in the old days, we used to go downstairs and eat a meal on uh, the Veterans Day Sunday. Now we've combined it. And next Saturday is our Care and Share Thanksgiving dinner. And I would like everyone to come. We're going to pass these sign-up boards. So let me do that right now. I got four sign-up boards ready to be passed. Look at that. Still got my reflexes. Okay. Let me pass these. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you. There you go. That side. Take a moment and sign those boards. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. Downstairs they're signing up. We're going to have a great time of fellowship. And coming up, as it says in our bulletin, on that special flyer. Join us for our old church Thanksgiving dinner. Plan to attend. Bring two food items listed on the sign-up board. So sign up for two, please. Saturday, November 19th, 4 p.m. Don't miss our praise and testimony service, which will be next Sunday night. After we go offline, we'll give you the microphone, give you a minute or two to, to praise the Lord and thank God for the good things. And then our candlelight service is a week from this Wednesday. It's Thanksgiving Eve and it's 7.30, and we'll have dimmed lights and candles and a wonderful, wonderful experience together. Praise the Lord. Looking forward to that. Those of you who are online, uh, you can go ahead and scroll down and tap and get your copy of the bulletin. All right. Thank you so much for your, for your time and being a part of this that's coming up. All right. The pinning ceremony is given in writing in the interior of your bulletin. Veteran, thank you for your service to our nation. Thank you for the sacrifices you made and for your willingness to serve our country. You endured hardships and you were willing to risk your life to maintain our freedom. We have a lot of gospel songs that are based on military themes. In addition to our patriotic music, which we sing, O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. I know those are high ideals. I know that we are sinners and we don't fulfill those apart from Jesus Christ. But thank God for His grace that has enabled us to make our world a better place as Jesus lives out of us. We don't have to go around with a sour look on our face just because we know that we're sinners by nature. But instead, we have a new nature now in and through the saving work of Jesus Christ. And so we can treat others better than ourselves. And we can love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind. And we can be what God wants us to be by His grace. It is possible for us to be that way. You say, well, preacher, is it possible for us to be sinlessly perfect after we're dead. But until then, we're going to take that to 
the point of death. When we die or we're raptured, that's when we'll lose our old nature. In, in the meantime, let me just say this. I'm not what I was. Thank God I'm not what I was. Getting saved has not made me on a practical, pragmatic, everyday basis a sinless being. I am viewed as justified, just as if I'd never sinned, by God because of the righteousness of Christ which is ours. But every day I fall short, as we all do. But I can say this, because I've been saved, Give me an amen on this. Because I've been saved, listen to me now, because I've been saved, I'm not perfect, but by God's grace, I'm better than I would have been. And I know right from wrong. The Word of God gives it to me clearly. If I'll just crack open the book and read it, I know what, what my sense tells me, that it's wrong to hurt other people, that it's wrong to mistreat other people, that it's wrong to take advantage of other people say, well, I'm just thrifty. If you're jipping people, if you're cheating people, that's not Christ-like. That's not Christian. So, well, I, I'm trying to be thrifty. I'm trying to be a good steward. Don't jip people. Give a man or a woman what, what their due is. If they've earned it, give them a reasonable wage. Give them a reasonable uh, increase. Give them a reasonable amount. Don't treat everybody worse so that you can feel better about what you've got. Who I am speaks very loudly by how I think about what I've got. How true is that? Amen? Amen. Who I am comes out loud and clear by how I think about what I've got. You see, what we've been granted, we give God praise for, and we give Him glory, but we don't worship it. And we don't think because we've accumulated something or because we live in something that's fancier than somebody else lives in or we drive something fancier than somebody else drives or our paycheck is larger or our bank account or portfolio is thicker than someone else's, that that in any way is any indication of, of how good we are. Our goodness is only the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so it should be our goal under God, as we're led by the Spirit, not to be foolish about this, but to make sure that it doesn't stick to our fingers very long. That it's used for the glory of God, that it's used for the betterment of mankind, that it's used to help people come to God. That's it. Being a good soldier of Jesus Christ means standing up against something. I'm for everything that God is for, but I'm against everything that God is against. I'm against the world system. I'm against the sinful flesh of mankind, mine own, my own included. I'm against the, the, uh, the devil and the demons of hell and everything that they stand for. Many times we get angry and we attempt to lash out at those things that we're against by carnal means. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. How many of you have seen that? in the pages of God's Word. You understand what I'm saying? All right. So I do have my space, and I am going to stand for freedom. And don't you spit on my flag, and don't you stand on my flag, and don't you disrespect my flag, because uh, I'm not going to allow it in my space. Wherever I've got anything to say about my space, you're not going to do that. 
But don't disrespect my Jesus and don't disrespect my Bible and don't disrespect his church and don't disrespect the good people who believe this book. And I say, woe be unto every individual and every politician on the planet who overlooks good God-fearing people and belittles them, just wants to call them all hayseeds and country cousins because it's God-fearing people who are the strength of this nation. Yes, that's it. It's not the size of our nuclear arsenal, but the size of the heart of the people who say there is a God. We believe that He is the God of the Bible. We believe that this book is true. If that's the case, you've got a heart that's so big that no force in this world can overcome. I believe the God of this Bible wants us to stand up for the truth. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. He's soldiers of the cross. Amen. And so we want to make spiritual applications. In the Bible, there are historical heroes. And we have in our scripture on the front of our bulletin, Hebrews 11.32, actually, it goes beyond this. It goes all the way out to the end. We're going to be in Hebrews again tonight also, but I want you to turn to the 11th chapter. This is known as the, the Hall of Fame or of our uh, faith, uh, our faith heroes, all right? Chapter number 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Amen. Go down to verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Whether we are talking about flesh and blood battles of our American military, God bless them, or whether we are talking about the spiritual challenges that we all face day by day as soldiers of the cross, as born-again believers, the only way we succeed is by faith, taking God at His Word, believing what the Bible literally says. I take it to heart. So when I read further on down in the chapter these verses that are given to us, beginning at verse 32, Hebrews eleven thirty-two, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of... Now the spelling is... G-E-D-E-O-N in your New Testament. That's the New Testament anglicized form of Gideon, G-I-D, in the Old Testament. And of Barak. Now, that's not Barak, but that's Barak. And of Samson and of Jephthah. Now, there's an extra E on there from the Old Testament spelling. Of David also and Samuel. And of the prophets. Now, here's the key. Who through faith, who through faith, whatever it is, look at me, whatever it is that you're facing today, whatever the challenge is to whatever you hold precious and dear, I hold my, I hold my country and my freedom and my family and uh, I hold the things that I believe dear to my heart. Whatever, whatever may be challenging you and challenging us today, the answer in the spiritual realm is to have faith in God. That's what the scripture says. Have faith in God. That's what Jesus said. Have faith in God. With God nothing shall be impossible. 
Whatever is in the will of God is possible. Have faith in God. You say, preacher, I don't know. Seems like I've reached the precipice, the edge so many times, and I'm staring over it. Yeah, but you're not in it. Who's holding you up? Who's kept you out of that? Oh, I hope everybody will go online and, and uh, look at 1701, 1702, and 1703 of the Bible Institute. That's our current year of study in the life of Old Testament Joseph. And the next one. Oh, I'm working on I just I finished all the fine points of the, of the uh, details that I'm going to teach next in 1704. And I've got a statement that's going to ring and you're going to remember it. You're going to write it down. And I want you to, to be there to, to hear it. It's going to broadcast at 3 o'clock on Saturday, January the 14th. I hope everybody will get it and loud and clear and understand what you perceive as being a, an impossible situation, a difficult situation, a hopeless situation is not hopeless to God, is not impossible with God. And God may be taking that situation you say is hopeless, that is so awful, that feels so terrible, and that is His process by which He's molding you to become who He wants you to be. That, that individual that will glorify Him the most. That thing that you're going through that you hate, you hate going through it, you hate what it feels like, you, you hate what it makes you experience, you just, you're hating that experience, God knows your address. He knows what you're feeling before you feel it. He knows what you're thinking, what you're saying before you think and say it. God knows all about you. God's got it under control. He's got it in His mighty hand right now. The same God who flung out the stars and made everything from nothing is the same God who lovingly holds you in the palm of His hand and He will never, never, never let you go. That same God is the one who says, Yes, my child, I know you're going through pain. I will give you grace as you're going through the pain. You've got to apply it. You've got to take it. I'll give you grace. And as you're going through it, when you come out the other side, you're going to come out purified. You're going to be, you're going to be purer than gold. That is not cruel. That is not capricious. That is not wrong. You say, well, I fight against it. That is the, nat that's the old nature that you need to submit and I need to submit to God. The old nature is the one that kicks against how bad it feels, how difficult it is, but God is allowing you to go through it and He will give you grace for every moment, for every hour, for every day. He's going to give you grace to come through that thing and you and I are going to be purified like gold when we come out the other side. The key is faith. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing what God says in His Word. Don't make it up in your head. Don't make it up in your emotions. Read it in the Bible and say, God, you said it. God, I'm going to hold you to it. God, I'm going to believe what you said. You just watch God work. You watch what God can do. We have already seen enough miracles. There's no doubt in my mind, in my heart. Who through faith, what did they do? Number one, subdued kingdoms. I don't, in my wildest dream, picture myself as some kind of Rambo, you know, one-man army taking over defeating the enemy. I don't see myself doing that. 
But I know this. I know that the Lord Jesus has some armor for me to put on. And He's got, he's got the fullness, the enablement of the Spirit to fill me up. And, and I've got the perfect Word of God, which is uh, absolutely inspired and preserved for the English-speaking world in the King James Bible. And I've got all that available, all the resources that are available are available to me. I know that. I have no doubt about it. It's not like that poll that they took of professing believers who were teenagers and young adults, 1,700 uh, young people, that they took a poll and they found that the vast majority believed that God can do all these things, that He will do all these things. They just don't believe that it works for them. You feel like that? Ever feel like that? Come on. Time to be honest. Fess up. You ever feel like, man, it seems to work for so-and-so in church, and we get this answer to prayer, and we hear about this testimony, and it works for them, but it doesn't seem to work for me. You're not somebody else. You are who you are. And God knows you as an individual, and He's got the timing all figured out. What do you have to do? Here's what I have to do. Every single day, like the man said, I get up and I read the obituary page. If my name's not there, then I go about my day. Okay, you get up, you realize you're alive, take a deep breath, get up, put one foot in front of the other, and obey God and walk by faith and not by sight and live out the promises of God and believe God. And no matter what, you need to verbalize them. We need to believe them in our heart, think them in our head. We need to verbalize them with our mouth and one step after another, believe in God. God is a good God all the time. Amen. God, God is righteous. God is holy. God makes no mistakes. God knows my name. He knows my number. He knows everything about me. He knows exactly what I need. And every single day we walk through that thing and we talk through that thing and people might think you're nuts, but if you're nuts and I'm nuts, at least we're attached to the right bolt. Amen. We need to be people of faith. Walk by faith. And subdue kingdoms. What kind of kingdoms? Not like Rambo, but as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure hardness. We do our part every single day. And there may be some high highs and there may be some low lows, but we're going to go on. We're still moving forward, still moving forward, marching forward, moving forward. And the children of God, the soldiers of Jesus Christ, we advance on our knees, claiming the promises, claiming what Jesus says. Now, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, But study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We, we divide the word of God. We, we don't take it out of context, but we understand. I'm looking at this bulletin cover. There's some great photos of some, some, some men and women who obviously have served in the past by their uniform, by their colors, by their decorations, and to them, it still means something. And instead of hanging around with people that bombed out of serving Jesus, you need to hang around people who've been trusting Jesus for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. That's who you need to hang around with. Not people who, who you can have a cry party with because you don't think God's fair. You don't think God's treating you right. You don't think God's doing what... what you think ought to be done. Hang around people who say, I don't know, I don't deserve anything but hell, but praise the Lord, He saved me, He took my hell for me, He paid my debt in full, praise God, thank you, Jesus. 
and I'm just going to go on and serve Him, and, and every breath is a gift from God, and every heartbeat is a gift from God, and everything I have, I'm not going to complain about because I don't have the three, four, five story, whatever it is, with the, uh, the uh, four-car garage and, the, and all the money in the bank and all of that. I don't have that stuff. Listen, I got breath in my lungs. I'm alive. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm in my right mind. Praise God. Amen. And the reason we've still got breath and we've still got our mind, our right mind, and we've still got the ability to speak is so that we can communicate the truth of what I just said. There is a God. He is the God of the Bible. He does love lost sinners. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And He is the God-man, and He died on the cross, and He shed His blood. He was buried, and three days later, He rose from the dead. He defeated the devil. He kicked the devil in the teeth in the head, and He rose from the dead, and He's alive forevermore. He's my King Jesus. And he's, He supplies every need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I can, I can, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now hang around some of the old, older folks that have seen the goodness of God. I want to talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living while I'm alive, not after I'm dead. All right. Subdued kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. That's number two. You know, we need to leave this place better than we found it. Anybody ever go camping? What's the, what's the cardinal rule? You always leave a campsite better than you found it, right? So you get out there, and what do you do? You get out there and you say, man, look at all this trash. I'm moving on to one that's clean. No. What are you supposed to do? Stop and clean that one. Clean it up. Leave it clean for the next person. Say, so why should I do that? Because that's the code. That's what you're supposed to do. And I know... When it comes to investigation of crime and trying to right those wrongs the best we can in the, in the temporal realm, I know that there's a code among officers and investigators that they want to solve what they can. They want to write, do the best they can to solve the case. They want to get it done. As believers, we should have a desire to leave things better than we found them. Raw righteousness, obtain promises. I believe every promise in the book. I haven't experienced every one of them yet. But I believe every one of them. We need to obtain the promises. Uh, before I die, it would be wonderful if the Lord would let me obtain every one of these promises. But everything that applies to me, I want to be able to live it out. And so there's no part of my life that I, I'm just out there flying solo. I've got the Lord, praise Him. And, and he's, he's helping me through. Number four, stop the mouths of lions. I, that only reminds me of Daniel. What did Daniel do when those lions were sitting all around him and he was down in that den? He was praying. He was communing with the Lord. So when you, next time you're surrounded by lions, man-eating, hungry lions, spiritually, you pray. You commune with the Lord. You've got to have a prayer life that will get you through the night when the lions are all around you. You've got to have a prayer life that gets through. Now, listen to me. You've got to start someplace. How do you have a great prayer life? You start by praying. And you pray these kind of prayers, and then they get like this, and, and pretty soon you're pouring out your heart, and it's one prayer. Long prayer meeting. All right? Number five, quench the violence of fire. You know what fire can do. We had a fire in a church in Pennsylvania years ago. I know what kind of damage a fire can do. It, it blackens everything. It takes everything out of commission. It just, it's just, it's horrific. It's a terrible thing. And the devil doesn't want you to take any blessings with you. The devil wants to just remove all the joy and all the happiness and make you think that your life has not been worth anything. It doesn't count for anything. There is, there's no record. There's, there's nothing. You and I have no idea. There are people who have come up to me or have written, written to me or have called me or have contacted me by 
by uh, email or by, uh, by text, and they've said, you don't know me, but my heart was touched when I heard you say this on YouTube, or I heard you preach this down in such and such a place in such and such a year, and uh, when you preached on this subject, it affected me, changed my whole life, and I didn't even know they existed. And your life for Jesus Christ, if you're living for Him, is going to have an impact on other people. And you need to keep on keeping on. And the devil wants you to think everything's gone, everything's lost. But he can't take away the blessing that you have been when you are just obedient, taking one step in front of the other. When you are following the leadership of the Lord, when you are fighting the good fight, when you are a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and you're keeping on. You may look around, the land's... Escape may seem to be blackened, you know, black earth kind of thing where it's just all destroyed, but you have had an impact on somebody. Somebody's seen your life. Somebody's heard your testimony. Somebody knows that you're, you're the best Christian somebody knows. Do you ever think about that? You're the best Christian somebody knows. Let's live up to it. Amen. Escape the edge of the sword. How many times have we had a near... Testimony ending, life ending experience. Out of weakness, we're made strong. That's the only way it is. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Wax valiant in fight. And that is our title today. Wax valiant in fight, number eight. Number nine, turn to flight the enemies of the aliens. And of course, David did that. Turn the enemy to flight. Think about that. All he did was a little kid went down to his big brother's Location, they're out there, and there was this big, humongous giant. We don't know exactly how tall, because we don't know exactly how big a cubit is, but somewhere 9, 10, 11, 12 feet tall. And bellowing out, come out and fight me. If you win, we'll be your slaves. If you win, you'll, if we win, you'll be our slaves. And everybody's shaking their boots, even Saul who's the king. And according to the scripture, he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. Big tall guy, big strapping guy. I want you to picture like the biggest normal person that you know. There's Saul. He's not going out there. And David says, is there not a cause? Let me ask you today, is there not a cause? I would say with a resounding yes, there is a cause. There's a cause of righteousness and holiness, the cause of Jesus Christ that's out there right now for us to stand and for us to be faithful and turn to flight the armies of the aliens. You see, all you need is one small stone, spiritually speaking. Who sent that stone into the temple? Of that giant. God did. Oh, by the way, he's the same one today as he was back there. He hasn't changed. How many of you need God to send a stone into some Goliath? Yeah, I do. How about you? David had one thing that you and I can have. Faith. By faith. By faith. That whole 11th chapter. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. 
There it is. So simple. So plain. Valiant in fight. All different shapes and sizes and circumstances and backgrounds and descriptions of battles and terrain. All of it different. But one thing in common. Faith. Faith. Faith in the God of the Bible. Faith in the God who made you and made me. Faith in the God who placed us where we are. Who simply says, believe. He says, have faith. Believe me. Trust me. Put your life in my hands. Let me have your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. And how many of you today would say, preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart. I need to have faith in God. Come on. Something spoke to my heart. I need to have faith in God. Amen. Like David, have faith in God. And God can propel that spiritual stone into the spiritual temple of that spiritual giant, whatever, whoever it is, whatever it represents in your heart and life, that giant's got to come down because God is greater than that giant. God's power is greater than the power that's represented by all the world, the flesh, and the devil. Trust the Lord today. Have faith in God. I'm going to ask you to come from where you are when the music starts to play in just a moment. Find your place down here. Have a seat or kneel down. Have a word of prayer and say, Lord, once again, I renew my faith. And I don't want to put a bunch of, of clauses on the front of that faith and modify that faith. I want unmodified, unaltered faith in who you are and what you say in my life. Come as an individual. Come as a family. Come as a couple. Whatever God lays upon your heart. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray right now from your heart something like this? Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. 